Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're actually accessing one of the most critical things you can take advantage of in your search, whether you're working or not, and that is building trust with hiring teams, whether that's getting interviews or getting offers. Yeah, trust is the basis of a relationship of a positive relationship. I think I've said this before, but I remember years ago when I was in college, the instructor asking us, the professor asked us, which would you rather have, love or trust? And of course, most people raised their hands when he asked about love. And his point was, I would rather have someone trust me because I can love you and still not trust you. That uh, relationship is limited. If I trust you, and love you, that relationship is unlimited. Trust is really the basis. Now, if you really distrust someone, the chances are pretty good that that relationship will never be as fruitful. It, it, may, it will probably end at some point. It's kind of like meet the Fockers, right? <laughs> yeah. Where, where there's, there's a circle of trust. And it's likely each one of us has a circle of trust. We all I mean, do. I, I use yes. that as kind of a joke, but the idea is there's probably more people that you trust, fewer people that you trust, than those that you love. Yes. And if, if you think about the Venn diagram and the, the different circles that you have, whether that's your work environment, plus your home environment, plus your, your outside social environment, those are three different areas. And you're looking to stay in that sweet spot. That's going to be true even of different teams at, at work. Or if you're not in a job right now, the different people that you're, you're networking with, all of that is going to play a part. It's building the, the scope, expanding your area of trust to include more people, and that takes effort. What is trust? Think about that for a second and just kind of wrap your head around that, Scott, as we start talking here. What I mean by what is trust is not in a definition kind of way, but what is trust when it relates to hiring somebody? And what is trust when it comes to getting interviews we're going from an interview to an offer phase. What are the components that we can talk about that relate to trust? And one of the things that I always think about is consistency. And consistency in terms of right. your, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, the way you're presenting yourself personally to another yes. human being on yep. that hiring team, being consistent throughout. And I'm a firm believer that the only way to be consistent in that way is to be truthful. I, I know you. we hear all of the time about people, oh, well, she interviewed well. And what's interesting is to see how the person who didn't necessarily present himself or herself authentically and honestly in the interview and they did really well and they got the job, what their trajectory then looks like once their reality becomes visible. And I've seen more people, it's not 100% that they don't last, but I've seen more people not last in those jobs once it became clear that the alignment wasn't real. And that is unfortunate on every possible level. Like a faux alignment, fake fake alignment, which is is lack of integrity. It's not a good place. Telling the truth, having consistency, integrity-filled correspondence is what we're talking about there. And often we think of trust as this big overarching thing where, hey, I have to be able to rely on you to save my life kind of thing. Or if I die, I'm going to leave you my kids kind of thing. 
But if we're talking, if we're talking job search, right, it doesn't need to be that sophisticated. To be realistic, you're not going to be talking about a trust of that depth either. But you do have to be authentic in order to be trustworthy. Now, of course, we've heard the quote, in order to make someone trustworthy, you have to trust him. That, that is a two-way street. I have to make sure that I'm being honest enough so that the way I show up on the job or at my next interview is the same as how I showed up today. That is just the basic level of trust. And when you think about there are two different kinds of trust, the one that is associated with authority versus the one that is earned, the one that we stick to or stick with is the one that's earned. And that takes time. It takes effort. It takes that authenticity to know that I am going to be able to predict your behavior based on what I know of you so far, because it's the unpredictable ones, the ones that we can't trust, that we can't rely on in the future. And that is the whole point of trust in the workplace. And that brings me to math. I know you like math and numbers. Oh, sure I do. If you look at objectively a hiring process, there's typically 100 plus, roughly speaking, applicants, and they only pick one. Many of those people, are falling in the category of stranger. Nobody on the hiring team or at the company is going to know them until they come, let's say, to an interview. But many people don't get to that phase because what don't they have? Uh, they don't have a known commodity position with a hiring team. Now, that could be something as simple as me saying, hey, you know what? You should look at Scott. He's really good at developing teams and organizational development, and he might even have a customer focus because he comes from hospitality. Now, if I say that on your behalf, you're now a known commodity, even right. though they don't know you. Correct. Well, and there's also the idea that as that network continues to expand, that uh, uh, podcast that you uh, turned me on to uh, just a, a little while ago that talked about trust in the workplace and uh, one of the things that one of several interviewers that the podcaster was speaking with um, made the comment that we automatically look for affinity. We look for people like us. And that is just part of the human condition. We automatically trust people who look like us, who sound like us, who behave like us. That affinity touches the, the reptilian part of the brain that says, I can trust this person because he looks like me or he behaves like me. That, that's normal. We have to consciously think beyond that. One of the points that this person was making was in networking um, or, or company mixers, people don't mix. They stick with the people they already know. So they're really, they're, they're maintaining their thought bubble mm. and they're not breaking through that. Almost like tribalism. Right. Yeah. So talking about tribalism, I think about the interview of the gal who was the, the lead actress in um, the original Planet of the Apes movie back in the 70s. How when they were in costume between takes and especially on lunch breaks, and interestingly enough, there were people of different uh, ethnicities and races and backgrounds in similar costumes. You know, so you have, for example, black people who were playing the different kinds of apes. Um, and the black people weren't congregating at lunch. It was all the orangutans and <laughs> yeah. the chimpanzees. And it was the costume you had. Correct. Yeah. Because in that moment, they That's congregated with those who looked like them. That's this funny. is a natural instinct, and not just for humans, but for most species, right? Birds of a feather flock together. 
So when we think about that affinity and we think about how do I expand that, that means I have to be flexible in my ability in presenting my values, my behaviors, my knowledge, whatever that looks like, so that I can present it to show that I can fit that, that, yeah. that alignment. Now, another point that he makes is we're talking about contribution to the organization, not just fitting in, that we should be able to add something to it. So now we're able to help other people expand their network. The third party validation is good. Uh, connecting with people that are similar to us in a similar way so that we can build rapport. Yep. Rapport is just a feeling of affinity, right. I think. I'm accepted. And that's an easy thing to do just by using your name, Scott. Right. Got it? Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and so manners is a great way to build trust. Being cordial, saying please and thank you. And you don't have to be perfect. I've talked to people who say, oh, well, you know, I don't really know all the etiquette and all that. You don't have to. What people respond to is the effort. If they see you making an effort to do the best you can, they will help you do better. That reminds me of a, a story. Um, we actually rescued a puppy. In fact, she's trying to get into the, the podcast studio right now from the outside. So uh, it's kind of uh, hilarious that way. The people that we adopted this dog from actually said that we should get our dog food from, from a place called Mud Bay. I'm never familiar. familiar. Yep. I thought it was a place that you get fa facials and, you know, uh, oh. and maybe a mud bath or something. I don't know. I didn't know what it was. Um, so they had a rescue event. Our dog needed an additional vaccination. So we just showed up there. And everything at that point, from that introduction, that one recommendation from mm -hmm. one person got us into the store. Okay. So that's just like the job search. All it takes is one person one interaction to say you should look at this person right. and you could be having an interview. Now, everything after that is certainly up to you. What I noticed when I went into that store added to my trust in the organization. Right. By yeah. the way, they treat their customer. They walk them around. They show them solutions to their problems. That just elevate, escalated my trust in right. that organization. Because it's validating what you've just been told. My partner and I just had exactly the same kind of scenario where we had been referred to. We were looking for a new barber. Uh, we both have substantial beards. We want to have them looking nice, mainly because we're getting married in a few weeks. <laughs> and we were looking for somebody who could... Who's got it together. Yeah, yeah. Who, who's skilled at this, right? And so I contacted a friend of mine for a referral who referred me to the guy we went to today. And everything that happened in that, in terms of how we, the, the, the job that he did, validated my friend's recommendation. But what's more, and this is where it ties into that job experience, the experience we had with the barber, with his colleagues, with the place, the, 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 the storefront, hmm. everything not only validated the, the, the recommendation, but we had such a good experience. We want to tell other people about this business. It was such a positive connection all the way around with all of the employees. It was amazing. It was beyond an experience that I would have expected of a barber. So when we apply this to the job situation, when we get a referral, whether that's, oh, I want you to interview this person or, oh, this is a company I know you should apply. Maybe it's this is the company where I work. We have an opening that you'd be Perfect good for. for yeah. Now, the next step is either going to validate or refute that 
recommendation. If we can take advantage of that, use that as leverage to put it out on the table. This is what has been said. This is These are now my expectations of how this conversation should go. And that person is also prepared and aligned and everything goes well. You've got a really good conversation going. And that's why we talk so passionately about networking. Yeah. It's an opportunity for you to have repeated interactions where people feel more and more confident to recommend you to people inside their network that yeah. they otherwise wouldn't do for a total stranger. Right. And we're not talking about, hey, you should invite me over for Sunday suppers. You know, you should invite me to your kid's graduation. Right. Whatever that looks like, we're, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about repeated enough interaction with somebody to establish consistency so that they can confidently say, yes, you should talk to this person. Yeah. Now, even better... If that's a hiring team and a hiring manager. Yes. Because now I'm not only at the interview, I'm at the negotiating table. Well, and there are ways to make that happen. I, I always think about the gym. In fact, I, I think I've said this in a prior podcast, going to the gym every single day. That's when people start to talk to you because they see you every day. You're a part of their world. This is where I make recommendations to clients to get more involved in their industry associations or whatever the local chapter of fill in the blank so that people, it, Toastmasters is another good example. The, the idea that they see you consistently coming in, they start to associate the thought of reliability with you. That kind of trust takes time. But once it's built and you can sustain it, that is the kind of trust we're talking about in the networking and job-seeking environment. And it's funny that we brought up the hairstylist and the Mud Bay example because really I look at the touch points for, for me to build that trust with that brand was not very many. And it wasn't um, over a long period of time. So don't think that just because... You think it should take time to build all right. that trust? We only need enough trust to get to the next step. Well, that that's it. That, that You're absolutely right. And in most cases, it could be the second visit that you, you start to have the conversation. Be open to it as it comes. Different people extend that openness of trust at different speeds, you know? And speaking of Mud Bay, I'll just put in another blurb for them. We didn't actually have a referral to them. I had passed the local one, the one in Cedar Mill, Oregon. I had passed it several times. Finally, well, let's just go in and had such a positive experience because of all the, the touch points they had within that first experience. Different services they offered, the way they they explain, you know, you can return it if it doesn't work, that kind of, they, they are looking for solutions for you. As we think about the job seeking experience, your first conversation with someone, you can actually, if you're focused on how you can help solve their problems, it's not that we have to look for their problems so we can solve them. It's being open to how can I serve you? How can I focus enough interest in your needs mm. in order to try to fulfill them? And that's another way to build trust yeah. by demonstrating empathy and compassion by being interested in something other than yourself and your need for employment. Right. That's a huge trust builder. See, now I know that you're not selfish Right. Egotistical, whatever that looks right. like. If you ask questions that show that you are curious about me, I'm going to trust you. Even if you already know the answer. Sure. You might even know the answer already, but because you asked the question. Yeah, elaborate on I, that. I know you're building trust with me. Absolutely. That is why we highly recommend you download a free resource. 
What could that be, Andrew? It's the anatomy of a networking conversation. And it's free to download on jobseekersradio.com. This is something that we hope will be valuable to you. We want you to get in there. Go to iTunes, give us a rate and review, and give us feedback on how that is helping you. Uh, if there are things that you want to hear from us, please ask us for it because that can be... Uh, the content for future episodes as well. Part of this process too, which we hadn't hit yet, Scott, is uh, measurements of trust. And often you don't know whether or not you have the trust. And the one way to know that you're getting trust with a hiring team, are you getting the interviews? Are you getting interview to offer? Okay, so there's always a tangible outcome to whether or not you have trust. And this explains almost all of the time, I'm not going to say every time, but right. almost all the time, why one person gets the job and the other one does not is because that person has some relationship where somebody's got their thumb on the scale to tip the the result in that person's direction. Sure. And, and that's something that we can't necessarily control. I will say that there have been times when I've seen the, the person who has all of the right thumbs on their scale come in second because someone else knocked it out of the park. And I, I think that this is something that if we're looking at building trust first, we have a better chance of hitting that home run. Part of that is you're going to increase your probability of success yes. the more you interact with these teams yep. and the more you get third-party validation and the more that you create a consistent presentation of your personal and professional branding messages yep. is going to create a good environment for you to be successful I as a job seeker. Absolutely. Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources we mentioned at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero four eight. Well, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode. We uh, appreciate your investment of time, your attention, and we will be grateful for your feedback. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, it doesn't matter how, how much you know until people know how much you care.